<laughs> what, what was it? Was it like beers, spirits? Or? It was spirits. Oh my gosh, and, you were 12. Um, 12 years old. Yeah. Damn. And right. here's the funny thing. Hey everyone, you are listening to the Happenance Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Casadillo. Now, every Monday, I'll be releasing a podcast on a range of different topics to do with travel and adventure, to overcoming addictions, and also about journeying with God. This is a place where people from all walks of life can share their story, the good, the bad, the ugly, and with vulnerability being the weapon. Time to make it happen. Hey guys, what's going on? You're listening to The Happiness Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Casadio. Um, in this series, we're going to be talking about, I'm interviewing lots of different people to do with their kind of story, their testimony, um, whether, and we're going to be touching on things to do with um, overcoming addiction, um, uh, whether it be to do with porn, drinking, social media, all these different kind of things. Um, and so I've just done an Instagram kind of post about who's brave enough to um, respond and talk about their journey and just to kind of, I guess, encourage other people to see where they're at because we're, I think the worst thing is that sometimes we in such a connected world, we're also very isolated in that. Um, so my guest today, I've got Jared, my man. Welcome. Hello. (laughs) Sweet. Happy to be here. (laughs) I got to work on like how to introduce my guests and all that. That That was good. That was (laughs) was a really good good intro. Okay, cool, cool. I was like, damn, that's cool. (laughs) Um, So man, we're just going to get straight into it. Um, When, where did you grow up? I was born here in Perth. Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't stay here very long. Very quickly. I think I was three years old when my parents decided to move up north. My dad got a job in the mines. Uh, we went up to Caratha, small, uh, well, at the time, small town. Yeah. That's northern uh, western Australia? Yep, northern yeah. western Australia. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Sorry, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, yeah, northern western Australia, Caratha, uh, really cool little town at the time, uh, very small. Dad was up there for the mines. Mum and us kids just came along for the ride. Um, I am the second oldest, so right. my older brother. Um, it was just the two of us at the time. Yep. Um, yeah, so older brother who's three years older than me. Yeah. yeah. How, how was that growing up um, in rural, rural Western Australia? What was that like? Uh, it's a hectic time, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's so different to city life now. Yeah. Like, um, I know I was a lot younger back then, but even just, like, the things you can do, it's also limited. Like, right. Um, when it came to friends and stuff, it was just school and then like skate parks and stuff there was nothing else to do you never go to like the movies because there aren't any you wouldn't go like laser tagging because there's nothing like that so your birthday parties would just be like everyone goes to the skate park together (laughs) (laughs) you know where to be yeah Yeah. you like ride your scooters and your skateboards around like yeah man we were those kids (laughs) (laughs) i love it love it did you ever cut the um what is it when you do like with the scooter like the tail whip to the ankle oh dude i have copped my own yeah. scooter deck to the <laughs> to the ankle i've copped several scooters i've copped skateboards to the ankle yeah, okay all right yeah yeah all right that's that it's even painful for me to think about that so oh, let's yeah. move on yeah, um, so like uh with the whole thing of not being able to have that creative i guess freedom to always have mm. the luxury of choice of everything like a city does yeah what was the i guess um the other side to that as in, like, the positive to it? No, the negative. The negative Because there wasn't, like, because there's no movies, there's no this. Was there much mm. of a negative to that? Um, when I was very young, not really. Yeah. Um, it was very much, you know, we just made our own fun. We, like, started to um, experiment with things, like, just muck around, I guess. We, we had like, a lot of fun when we were younger. It's when we got older that things started to get uh, on the negative side of right. not having much to do. Um, so I guess I'll move into that. 
Uh, I moved towns a lot. I went from Karatha to Paravadu, which is further up north. Right. Um, so it's about 21 hour drive from Perth. Wow. Yeah. And okay. we used to make that drive like on a monthly basis. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, and then I moved between the two towns up there, which were Parabadu and Tom Price. They were about an hour apart. And depending on what my dad was doing at the time, we'd move between the two towns just because it was easier than making that hour trip every now and again. Yeah. Um, which is hilarious because here in Perth, an hour is nothing. Everyone's like, oh, I'll drive an hour. Like, sure, yeah, why not? But yeah, yeah. back then it was like an hour. No, 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 no. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, that's the same. I um, grew up in Bunbury in two yeah, hours right? south. If you drive any more than 20 minutes, you're like, oh, You're crazy, man. right? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Coming to Perth yeah. and people are like, 40 minutes, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they're, they're all into podcasts, really, because you're uh, just driving all over. But so yeah, true. so then as you were growing up, um, what else started to um, happen? Uh, that's where experimentation really got uh, the better of us, I guess. Where we started, um, yeah, looking into things like alcohol, things like drugs, things like sex. Um, How old was? So yeah, I was twelve years old when I first started drinking, right. which is ridiculously young. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we just yeah, I was with some friends one night, and my mate goes, "Hey, my parents aren't home, and they have all this alcohol in the cupboard." Right. And he was like, "I don't know what it tastes like." I've been kind of keen to try it. Do you guys want to join in? And we were like, yeah, why not? Because yeah. like, it's harmless, right? What, what, yeah, what, what, what was it? Was it like beers, spirits? Or? It was spirits. Oh my gosh, and, you were 12. Uh, 12 years old. Yeah. Damn, and right. here's the funny thing yeah. is that first night was like actual harmless, like wonder and fun um, because we just grabbed this bottle and we all sipped it. We hated yeah. the taste of it. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And being like 12 years old, we don't know how it all works. Yeah. We had like a sip each. Yeah. And then we ran around the town thinking we were drunk, like, <laughs> acting, like, like, yeah. acting like absolute idiots, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. having an absolute ball though. Yeah. And so that was like this pure harmless fun. Yeah. But once we started uh, experimenting more and having beers and getting in touch with the, like, the year 12s and stuff, we were actually old enough to drink and they were throwing parties and mm. we were running around with all that. Um, yeah, it became like we realized what it actually was and we started abusing it. Yeah. So it went from like this harmless fun of experimenting and... Um, enjoying what we found to actually using it as an ex- and as escape. Yeah. Um, yeah, we started drinking every weekend, house parties every weekend. Um, getting caught as well was a big thing. Like, our parents knew about all this, and oh. like, because it was kind of hard to hide things yeah. in small towns. Yeah. And so we're constantly getting in trouble, constantly getting like grounded and like, I guess, disciplined for drinking and stuff at such a young age. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it just really changed the relationship you had with your friends. It went from like, how can we go and have fun this weekend and like try new things and maybe build a jump somewhere to like take our bikes over it or something like this mm. to like, what are you drinking this weekend? Um, yeah. Which girl are you going to try and get in the pants of this weekend? Mm. Like, what's the new like best thing you can do yeah. this weekend in but, that, and that And that mindset started when you were 12 or did that kind of go... That evolved over time yeah, um so yeah. it was yeah like i said like more pure intentions when we started it was just like you want to have fun with your friends and this was the yeah. new thing to have fun with yeah um, but it really evolved over the next few years into um an addiction and into a yeah a problem yeah. yeah yeah well keep going with that so what what else started to happen throughout that time um that's when the drugs kicked in <laughs> yeah okay yeah 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 some uh some people introduced us to weed yeah um which feels even to this day feels like a more harmless side of like or more harmless drug it's yeah. not definitely has its like people are addicted to it i know people who were addicted to it mm-hmm. 
Um, but it feels and that's kind of like almost like a countercultural kind of statement to say, isn't yeah. it? Now? Yeah, right now, yeah, people have this idea that weed is completely harmless and mm. like you just do it because it's fun. It's like um, people say it's not as bad as cigarettes. Um, mm. I'd say it's just as bad as cigarettes. Okay, um, as far as addiction, or as far as addiction. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. When yep. it comes to the capacity to hurt you and to kill you, um, cigarettes are worse. Yeah. Um, weed definitely has a lot less health. Like things related yeah. where you're gonna get sick from it. Yeah, um, you still can, of course, mm-hmm. but it's nowhere near as bad as cigarettes in that sense. But right. yep. I know yep. people who can't sleep without weed. I know people who have weed to the point that like they lose all their money to weed and they are properly addicted to it. Yeah, um, it's just as bad as cigarettes in that um, in that respect. Yeah, and yeah, we started that around like fourteen, fifteen. It was right. when people were like, "Hey, try this stuff out," and we were like, "Yeah, sure, why not?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, luckily was never addicted to it because if, yeah, I think if I was addicted to weed, it would have been a way different story. Right. Um, yep. but yeah, that also was just like a culture thing, right? Like yeah, if yeah. you weren't smoking weed, you weren't cool. Um, yeah. and so it was that whole, um, every weekend it was how destroyed can you get by like drinking a whole bunch and then getting like ridiculously head spun and like, cause I don't know if you know how that works, mm, but yeah, after drinking yeah. a lot, weed messes you up. Yeah. Um, yep. Yep. What is it? We- beer off the bong, you're in the wrong. <laughs> yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Is that the right order? <laughs> beer before yeah. bong, you're beer in the wrong. Beer before bong. <laughs> yep. Yeah. 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 Uh, it hurts. I don't know that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was a huge thing as well, I guess was, um, we kind of didn't do that. Everyone, says the whole like beer before bong you're in the wrong but mm. it was like we would try and figure out how far we could go before getting destroyed yeah um that yep. became the culture was how far you can go yeah and um yeah that could we just yeah, explore for that it. for a second yeah. like um when you're kind of how far can we go is that almost like a competition that you were having with your friends 100 percent. and yeah. was that um because I think you people can almost, like, tap that into, like... Because that's very, very relevant, especially in Australian culture. Yes. I remember sometimes when I would have, like, drinks that are not... Um, maybe not super... Um, have, like, a, uh, a lot of alcohol percentage in them. You'd be called a pussy. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, what? Like, I can't <laughs> enjoy a social drink with a, a, with a beer that doesn't have a whole lot of alcohol in it, and I'm a coward for that. And this whole concept of Australian culture where, like, almost like that go hard, go ho- go go hard or go home mentality, but just what I find fascinating is just how um, people, especially men, not to generalise, but especially guys, feel obliged to really um peer pressure one another to drink more and if you're not drinking then it's a sign of weakness or something like that oh yeah did you find that where you were 100 percent. yeah um to the point that like the people who are older who could actually get their hands on the drinks like the year 12s and stuff like that would so willingly supply it to the younger people because the culture was the more you drink the cooler you are and so it was like you know, we'd be going, hey, can you get me this drink and that drink and this and that? And they'd be more than willing to because they're like, yeah, you got to like up your game and like this and that. And so, wow. yeah, there was that, uh, without a doubt, it was all competition, all of it. Um, yeah. And it was whoever was drinking the most was getting the girl that night. And whoever was drinking the most was going to like get laid. And mm-hmm. whoever's drinking the most will win the competition and they'll win themselves like a pill of MDMA to go on for the rest of the night. Right. Yeah. So it wow. was stuff like yeah. that. It was always like... Yeah, like proper competitions with stakes and you didn't want to lose because you wanted to be cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah ultimately yeah. it was all image. It was all about how cool you were. Yeah. And then um, keep going. So what? how long did that kind of last? 
a few years for sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that whole up north period was from when I was about uh, when I left Perth at about like three years old mm-hmm. up until year nine of school. That's uh, that whole period was like yeah. that kind of culture and that kind of right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So year nine of school was where my parents were fed up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. they sent me to Perth, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sent me back to yeah. Perth to live with a friend. And um, did they stay up north? They stayed up north. Okay, yeah. but yeah. they were like, "No, you can't be living this life anymore. Like you are drinking harder than we ever did, and you're you're in year eight. Like, <laughs> yeah, wow, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's where it it did really start to affect my parents as well, to the point that like um, I was stealing money from them so that I could pay back people to for, like, drinks and things like that. Mm-hmm. I was not listening to the curfew as I was coming home three in the morning on a school night. Like, right. Like, yeah, um, I was, for lack of a better word, a little shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Excuse yeah. my French. No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was, yeah. like, the, one of those worst kinds of kids. And the yeah. thing is, is um, I didn't see it like that. I saw myself as a cool kid, and I saw myself mm. as... Um, like someone who's going to make it in life because mm. I lived that kind of life. Yeah. Like, and, but when, and when you're kind of going through that, when you were in year eight or year nine, do you remember like when you say like, did you have any points where you had like a reality check and you're like, would these guys have your back if your parents went through a divorce or things like that? Did, were they, were, did you ever ask yourself those questions on the genuine authenticity of those dudes? Not one bit. Yeah. The entire time it was all, um, all fake, I guess. It was all mm. like this fabricated, like this is the best life you're living. You're living the best life. There was never anything to doubt, which is why it was so dangerous, I think. Right. Um, because yeah. this is all I knew. And it was what I'd been told my whole life was the best thing and the, like the good thing. And because of that, my parents' opinions and stuff like that were so just overlooked. Like if they ever said like, you shouldn't be doing this and this and that, I ignored it entirely. Like I can barely remember my parents um, saying, don't do this and don't do that. I just remember them yelling a bunch and this and that. And it feels like they were the enemy, even though right. all they wanted was the best of me, right? Yeah. Such yeah. a um, an interesting dynamic to look back on. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Um, yeah, they were like all my mates and stuff at the time or in that period of my life, they were like my heroes. They were like, mm. they like they for sure had my back, even though they probably wouldn't, right? Mm. When it came down to it. Um, I never thought that way at the time. Yeah. It was, it's always hindsight, like looking back on it being like, wow, like that was bad. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And so when you were in year nine, you came back to Perth? Yeah. Well, I got sent up here. We got <laughs> sent, down here, sent down here. Um, yep. Yeah. No, my parents were like, nah, that's it. Um, mm. You're going to live with your, uh, with their family friends at the time. Um, your auntie, Dave and Michelle, best people ever. Yep. Amazing. Yeah, <laughs> Shout yeah. out to them. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Cool. But, um, yeah, they sent me down to live with them for a year. It was, um, I guess it was indefinite, but it was a year I ended up staying with them. And they sent me to a Christian high school, <laughs> right? Um, which I was not stoked on at all at the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thornley Christian College um, down in Thornley. And yeah, they sent me there for a year. And that was a huge period of change in my life. Right. Um, for one, I got put into this household where I felt the need to like follow the rules and um, listen to what they had to say because I'm in their house. And even I at least had that kind of like basic respect. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Um, and that was so difficult. Like I wasn't allowed to drink, wasn't allowed to touch any like drinking alcohol or anything like that. I was put in this routine where I had to study, um, like multiple times a week. I had to like come home from school, have like an hour or so to chill, get a snack and then study until like bedtime. It was like strict rules for this year. Yeah. Um, 
and man, it was it was hectic. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's not yeah. even bringing school into it. School is where it got like crazy. Um, right. I joined this Christian school, and everyone there, even though they had like their rough crowd and their like their good crowd and like the really Christian and religious crowd, mm. um, even like the worst of the worst felt like nothing. <laughs> right. They felt like still like goody two shoes. And so yeah. I rock up at this school, and the first thing I'm trying to do is like get everyone's attention and make an impact and like be loud and talk about like my drinking and who I've been sleeping with and this Mm. and that and like all this stuff. And instantly everyone hated it. Everyone hated me. Everyone hated that vibe and that tone. No one wanted anything to do with it because even like I said, the worst of the worst at that school had maybe like stolen something from a shop before. Like that's like, they were, they were super bad because they stole like a chocolate bar. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, no, I, and it, even in that sense, I'm still trying to do that competition. I was trying to yeah. be the worst. I was trying to be the, like, yeah. and I was so confused at why everyone wanted nothing to do with me. Everyone yeah. hated me. I was like, but like, I'm cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so cool. Like I drink yeah. and I do drugs. Like, well, aren't I cool? Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and yep. um, so it forced this period of change where right. by the end of that year, I was um, quiet. I had like horrible anxiety. I, um had like three or four friends who were really good friends and they still have my back to this day. Like I still see them regularly. Um, but yeah, it was just that horrible, like anxiety. I didn't want to speak to anyone. I didn't want to talk to anyone. Anything I said, I felt like I had to like hold my tongue. And yeah, over that year, I really lost uh, my ability to speak to people, my ability to like have a genuine conversation without like hiding everything, holding it all back. And yeah, I just felt like I wasn't me and I had to, yeah, hide everything. Yeah, That's the best way I can put it. right, right. And then, um, and so that was year nine, is that right? Yeah. And then, so how was the rest of year ten, year eleven, year twelve? Was it um, quite similar? Yeah. Well, year ten, I started to make some more friends, mm. which was really good, and I really started to kind of, to a to a little bit of an extent, get out of my shell. But it was still everything I was doing was fake. It was me putting on an act to. Um, try and like appeal to people mm-hmm. um, when really all I wanted to be doing was going back to my old lifestyle. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so year 10 was still a struggle. And when yeah. it came to school, um, I was like doing terribly on all my classes. Um, <laughs> right, even though you were studying all that time? Yeah, no, because like I wasn't. Right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> I was yeah. like putting the time in, but not doing anything with yeah, it. Yeah, um, yeah. I was like... <laughs> Playing around with your pencil. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. It was after that year nine as well, my parents moved back to Perth. Right. And so I moved back in with my parents and they were um, still strict, but a lot less strict. Yeah. Um, but a good thing was, is that relationship was getting better because I'd, ha- I now had that persona of like not being a, a druggie and like mm. drinking all the time and this and that. And I mean, it's the year of also being sober, um, yeah. Yeah. which is a big deal, I guess. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. And actually on that, I never really found myself craving to drink and stuff like that. I craved like the party life. I didn't really crave the actual substances, which was interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. But don't worry that addiction comes later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. After that, I moved back into my parents and um, everything was kind of cruisy for a bit, I guess, mm-hmm. but I still pretty big anxiety at school. Yeah. Um, didn't want to step out of line because I felt like I'd lose the only friends that I had. Um, and then, yeah, midway through year 11, um, is when I decided to leave school. Right. I, uh, yeah, I decided to go to TAFE. Yeah. I didn't want anything to do with that, like, Christian school anymore. It was all, like, I don't even know how to describe it. Just not mm. for me at the time. Yeah. 
um, oh man, I needed it though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, so I went to TAFE and I went through several TAFE courses. I tried an arts course, I tried game design, I tried media, I tried heaps of different things. I'm not particularly in that order. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I even did a photography course for a bit. Right. Um, I didn't finish all the courses, but the ones I did, I didn't progress any further. It was all like um, entry level stuff. Yeah. Um, but that's when I got back into the old life as well. The second I left the school and I started making friends in TAFE, people who are a lot older than me as well, being 16 at the time, I think, mm-hmm. or maybe coming on 17. Um, all the people that were in my TAFE course were normally out of school in their like close to 20s. And so they all had access to these things again. And now mm. I had access to them. Mm. And so very quickly, house parties again, um, back to drinking, back to drugs. Yep. And um, yeah, I just went through this big phase of going back into my old ways and going back into that old lifestyle. And I'd say that's where the addiction actually started. That's when I started needing alcohol and I started needing drugs. Um, Definitely MDMA. Luckily, never weed. I never actually got addicted to weed. But there were points where I couldn't enjoy myself on a weekend unless I had MDMA. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which was... Even um, if it wasn't like a... Like a party danced kind of time? Yeah, no, like I'd be at home on a weekend when nothing was happening and I'd be like, man, I really need some MDMA right now. Right. Um, But still being underage, I couldn't really get it easily as well. And so there were nights where like I struggled to sleep and I struggled to, to, I guess, enjoy the weekend without a, um, yeah, a source of of drugs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then so uh, going on 18, 19, 20, you were in Perth? Yes, yep, and yep. that's where the party scene kicked up. That's when yep. I started going clubbing because um, yep. I could now. I yep. you know had my ID now, and I could go clubbing. I could go out drinking in pubs, and that's mm. where I became this really bad influence as well to some of my friends from school. Mm. I got kind of back in touch with them, and I started saying, "Hey, we're all eighteen now. You guys should try clubbing. You guys should try drinking." Like, went on this crazy, um, I guess. <laughs> I don't even know how to say it. Um, we started working for the weekends, is how I'd put it. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You work all week, and you spend every single cent that you've made on the <laughs> on, on the, the drinking weekend. culture. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a really good example of it, I guess, is I worked um, in this door-to-door sales company for a year. Oh, you did door-to-door um, sales? Yeah, I did oh, for a year. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, how was your... Um, how did you go with it? Fantastically. Yeah, right. <laughs> that... Um, so much bad came out of that culture and that job, but my confidence went from like zero to 10. Like, um, so that's where I actually learned to build a lot of my confidence back up, which was so cool. Um, but you know, a lot of bad came from this as well. (laughs) Um, so my best mate, Abraham, um, he also goes to Ev life with us. Oh yeah. Yeah. So he, um, at the time he's the one who got me that job. Right. And I'm the one who got him into the drinking culture. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 so yeah, kind yeah. Of like a loop. fair exchange. <laughs> yeah, a fair exchange. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And we, uh, he got me into this job. And the thing about this job was, even though it was door to door sales, it was not commission based. It was actually hourly based. Oh. Um, 25 an hour. And then you got bonuses if you reached like commission targets. Right. And we did start hitting those targets. And there were some weeks where we were getting like three grand for a week, like ridiculous pay. Wow. And, um, <laughs> and working for the weekends, right? <laughs> burning it all. Like we didn't really save, we didn't yeah. save a cent. No. Um, and here's the thing is you get paid on a Friday night. Yeah. At that job. <laughs> <laughs> no so we would work way. all week yeah. and then Friday night comes, we'd be sitting there at the pub 
like just chilling would have like a drink each maybe that we'd managed to have like some money left over from the week before yeah and we'd just be sitting there like watching our accounts at around 6 p.m money comes in and then it's like it's go and benders or like just like a ridiculous friday night where we'd spend three grand on a friday night like wow yeah oh, right. we, would you guys like buy drinks for like the whole pub or how did you guys not even like we'd yeah. have our crowd that yeah. was like all from that job yeah and we would just go crazy we'd buy shots for each other we'd buy drugs for each other we'd buy yeah. whatever we wanted yeah um, yeah yeah we just go we went crazy um yeah. and yeah that was a horrible season <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh man yeah yeah, yeah. That was, all right, man, that's that's wild. That is wild. Um, but so going from that that whole work work hard, play hard kind of mentality, you know, going from there, um, did the, like what happened from then afterwards? Well, yeah. Um, a lot of people say that when they decide to turn their life around, that there was some big event or like something crazy happened while they were like on a night out or something, and then they decided to like change it all. But that didn't really happen with me. I kind of had this gradual uh, realization that there's like, there's got to be more mm-hmm. like that. I don't want to um, carry on doing this lifestyle all day, every day, or like um, wasting all my weekends away. And um, that's about the time that I left that job. I was like, nah, I don't want any part of that culture anymore. And, um, but none of it was, did you leave your best mate as well? Yes. Yeah. Um, I still kept in contact, Yeah. but yeah, I pretty much left that. I like, yeah. they invited me out for stuff and I was like, no, nah, not interested. Right. Um, but yeah, there was no like turning point. Yeah. It was more of like a gradual, I stopped yeah. coming out as much and then eventually yeah. I stopped coming out at all. Yeah. And what substituted that time? Um, honestly, not much. I went into a pretty lonely state. Um, mm-hmm. A bit of depression definitely mm-hmm. seeped in. Um, and I had a time of just nothing. I wasn't working. I wasn't um, earning anything. I barely caught up with friends. I just kind of stayed at home, played video games a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of, yeah, did did nothing at all. My parents hated it. <laughs> they were yeah. just like, go out and do something. And I was just like, I, I guess I was pretty depressed because I wasn't even motivated to do anything. Yeah. Um, I guess depression is relative depending on who and how it's um, affecting someone. But for yeah. me, it was definitely no motivation. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I kind of did nothing for a while. And then... Um, got back in contact uh with an old friend uh her name was Bree mm-hmm. <laughs> and she um uh, was like pretty keen to start catching up again we used to hang out all the time during school and she was like yeah let's let's hang out again let's um catch up and i started seeing her pretty regularly um a couple times a week even um just because it was kind of like human interaction that wasn't my family right yeah, yeah and so i was yeah i needed that at the time and we started hanging out a bunch I met a few people through her, um, still felt super like socially awkward at that time as well. It's like that kind of seeped back in once I had gone to my like little safe space at home where I wasn't doing anything. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, fast forward a little bit because not too much happened there. Right. But eventually she said, Hey, I found this little church. Um, it's called Everlife. Do you want to come check it out? And I was like, no. <laughs> I yeah. was like, who yeah. do you think I am? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what was your kind of perception on church Christianity at that time? Well, my church experience had been the Christian school that I went to. And from day dot, I was judged um, for how I acted. And to be fair, rightly so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was not a very nice person back there and like the things I was into. Um, but yeah, from the second I joined that school, it was like, 
you're not godly, you're this and that, and we don't want anything to do with you. And right. like, and I didn't know much about Christianity. Yeah. I knew a little bit. Like, yeah. I knew the basics, you know, like Jesus yeah. and all that. Yeah. But I didn't know much at all. And so, um, of course, the second that Brie was like, um, come along, I was like, no, no way. Um, <laughs> not not having any of that. Yeah. Um, but she persisted. Right. It was probably a month of hey, you should come check it out. Like, are you sure you don't want to check it out? Like, the people are really cool. You'll enjoy it. And eventually I was like, fine, I'll check it out. Um, I don't know why I decided to. I don't know. I think I was just sick of it, honestly. I was sick yeah, of, like, yeah, her yeah. asking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, fine, I'll check it out so that I can, like, go and hate it and then come home and, you know, yeah, um, decide that I don't want to do that and then she'll leave me alone about it. For sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I went and checked it out and this was way back, um, coming on nearly two years ago now. Right. And um, so before launch, before the, it was actually like launched as Everlife Church, this is when there were about 40 people gathering at a building and just kind of figuring out how to do it all. So it was almost like home church kind of vibe? Yeah, very much a home church. Um, yeah. yeah, they had just gotten a building yeah. as well. I think it was their second building, but they'd moved very recently. Yeah. And um, yeah, I jumped into this thing and was just there to fill a gap is what mm. it felt like. I was there to... Um, to just help Brie bring someone in that she was more comfortable with at church as well because she mm. was also um, quite anxious with these kinds of things. Yeah. And so I was there more for her um, and more to just, like, get it out of the way. Yeah. Um, and I started meeting people and started talking to people and within, like, an hour of being there, I was already like, who are these people and why are they so happy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, why yeah. is everyone so cheerful? Why is everyone so welcoming? Like, um, yeah. And I think a huge part of that as well was they didn't know who I was. They didn't know where I came from. Um, right. They didn't know my past and all this yeah. and that. Because at the time, my past wasn't something to, to talk about. My past yeah. was something to be ashamed of and yeah. to be scared of. And when, when you'd meet the, your new friends and they kind of asked about your past, would you kind of give vague answers? Yeah, or? 100%. Yep. Vague yeah. or just wouldn't answer the question properly mm. at all. Because you just... thought how they would treat you like how they did in high school, which is judgment? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, I kind of got to know these people a little bit mm-hmm. and decided, yeah, I'm going to actually come back to this church because these people seem really nice and cool. And my intention was to start from scratch and just pretend my past didn't happen. Yeah. I was like, these people are cool. I could become friends with these people. They don't need to know about everything beforehand. Yeah. Um, so we can just leave that there and become friends. Mm. And um, that was obviously the wrong intention. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, the more I got to know these people and spend time with these people and spent time at church and listening to the services, um, I realized that a lot of them were just as broken as I was. Yeah, yeah. But they just had this joy and this this vibe to them that was like they weren't broken. Right. And so I'm sitting there trying would to Would you say they're this. hiding something or would you say they've... What? They were so open. They yeah. were like, that's like, I spoke yeah. to someone who's now my housemate, Dan. Yeah. And he was just like, yeah, man, I used to do drugs. I used to drink and this and that. And I'm sitting there like, what? <laughs> like, yeah. don't say that. People are going to hear you. Yeah. <laughs> and then he was yeah. like, yeah, but I'm saved now. And like, God's this and that. And like goes into these crazy spills. And I'm sitting there like, not sure what to do. I'm like can I say that I've done that as well? But like, I'm not saved. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah, it was just confusion, but like the good kind. I was inquisitive. I was like, what's going on here? Confusion, but um, the good kind. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And so, um, yeah, as I got in touch with more people, I actually got in touch with Shafin, the pastor, and he was 
quite intrigued because <laughs> right. I think he could see. He could see that something was different. He could see was like he was like, "You're hiding something." <laughs> he yeah. never said that, but um, yeah, I think he could just tell that I wasn't being genuine, mm-hmm. and so he actually wanted to catch up. He was like, "Hey, let's catch up. Spend some time like at a coffee shop. We'll just grab a coffee and we'll talk." And I was like, "Yeah, sure. Like, what's the worst that could happen?" Um, if you ask me any questions, I'll just lie. <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> and yeah. Um, so we caught up for coffee and he pretty much started prying straight away. He started asking about my past and asking where I came from. Yeah. But I felt comfortable. Um, I don't even know why, but I just felt like I could talk to Chafe and this guy who I'd barely known. And so I was like, all right. And I told him, I started telling him about my past. I started telling him the story that I've just told you. Mm. Um not as much detail, I don't think. Yeah, it definitely yeah. held some things back. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, for sure. But I, yeah, I told him the the gist of it. Like I came from up north and I'd been drinking heaps and like this and that. And yeah, without even like a hesitation, he showed support instantly. He said things like, um, "That must have been really difficult," um, but like it's good to see where you are now and stuff like that. And I was not used to that at all. I was mm. like what is this? This is, this is weird. And, um, I actually started pulling back a little bit. Right. Yeah. I, um, missed a couple church services and I started not hanging out with Brie as regularly. And I kind of like pulled back a lot out of fear. I don't even know. (laughs) I was just scared. I was like, this, this isn't natural. This doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, and so I was scared and I pulled back, but, um, eventually, Shafe was kind of like prying at me, like, you know, come back, come hang out some more, like come meet all these people again. And I said I would, and I went in with a different mindset. I decided that I was just going to talk to people in a real way and not hold things back this time. Right. Yeah. 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 And yeah. How did that go? Interestingly. <laughs> yeah. 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 I still found myself holding a lot back and lying a lot yeah. about things. But I slowly but surely opened up to people and they started opening back up and they started talking more about God, which Mm. I hadn't really factored into the whole thing yet. Right. Um, And so they were saying, yeah, um, the reason that we are the way we are is because we have a God that loves us. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I've heard all that before from school, but like... uh, What does that even mean? Yeah. And that's when Shafe really started drilling into me. Like, you know... God, uh, he loves you. He cares for you. He wants to protect you. He wants to walk a walk with you and have a journey with you. And this relationship that you can build with him is better than anything you could have with another person. Mm. And I'm sitting there like, you're crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You're crazy. You're talking to some man in the sky. Like, what do you mean? (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, but yeah, slowly but surely I started coming out to things that weren't just a Sunday service. I went to the youth group and Mm. I started, um, connecting with the youth leaders and I went to these encounter nights. Um, <laughs> that's a big story for later, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to like prayer nights and encounter nights and um, that's when things started to change mm. when I decided to investigate and to see what this thing is that they're talking about, what this God is. Yeah. And I kind of wanted to prove it wrong. <laughs> right. I kind of yeah. wanted to be like, nah, it doesn't exist. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. Like it didn't work for me. Yeah. 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 Like it wasn't, it wasn't for me. This is like, you guys can have whatever's going to keep you happy and float your boat, but like, yeah. that's not for me. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I went to this encounter night, mm-hmm. which what we do at encounter nights is just a big worship session, basically. Like mm-hmm. they play eight or so songs and it's just this space that's created for people to encounter Jesus and encounter God and just go for it. 
Yep. Um, and so I rocked up to this thing and, you know, started saying hi to a few people. But as they went into the worship, I just sat in like a chair and I was like, going to sit there and kind of figure out like, you know, what are they doing? Why have they got their hands up? Like, <laughs> yeah. what's going on? Like, I've seen yeah. them do it on a Sunday, but this seems different. Yeah. Um, and then Cause I... That can, that can also be quite a, um, uh, an, an interesting image for someone who doesn't, who doesn't probably, I guess, um, understand the whole concept of worshipping God with mm. all these people in a room crying or being happy <laughs> or on their knees or with their arms up and just full of joy and all these kinds of things. Like, what was your kind of... What was going through your brain as you were looking at this? It's a little intimidating, actually. Right, um, yeah. Yeah. It's... You look at that and you think that they're so happy and they're joyful and they're doing their thing and you're like, I can't do that. Like, that doesn't make any sense. It just yeah. looks like they're holding their hands up and, like, where where are they getting this joy from? I don't like this. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and it pulls you back a little bit. Um, but it was that first encounter night that I went to that for some reason, I can't even explain why, I was like, I'm going to go try. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so I stood up and I went to, like, a dark little corner to where everyone was, like, doing the thing. Mm. And I just closed my eyes and I tried to pray for, like, the first proper time, I guess. Yeah. I was like... Um, hi, God, if you're there, can you, like, show me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool. cool. And um, it was almost instantly that right. my legs just turned to jelly. <laughs> and I was like, what? and I just dropped straight to my knees. And, um, yeah, tears start flowing. And I still don't really think there was, like, a conversation there with God properly. But it was just feeling that presence that, like, mm. there was someone there and there was someone talking to me. He's got you. And yeah, basically it's like, yeah. even though I just fell to my knees, I felt safe. Like yeah. I didn't feel like I was in any danger. Yeah. Um, I'd forgotten that there were people all around me. Um, and yeah, it was just this new experience for me. And even after all that, once it ended, I kind of stood up and then went back and sat down and just pretended nothing happened. <laughs> yeah, right. Because <laughs> I, yeah. was, I was, um, yeah, still not sure what just happened and I was still freaking out a bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And then, um, then was it... What happened from then on? Did you want to come to Everlife more often or... Yeah, that's when I started investigating. I started doing a bit of research. I started talking to people from the church. I just started making an effort to actually figure out what all this was and what was going on, Mm. Um, which led me in different directions. Like there were... I went and watched like hour-long YouTube videos on to why there are like chemical reactions that cause these things in your body. It's like, it's not real. It's just like make-believe. And then I would watch like hour-long videos as to like... Um, explain why and how you feel these things from God and yeah. why they are real. And there was all this like crazy stuff going on. And right. I just wanted so you're, to... Like, you were looking like very objectively. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't... Fascinating. Uh, there was no faith involved because yeah. I didn't know God. It yeah, was just yeah, kind of yeah. like I had felt this thing and I wanted to know where it came from. I wanted to know if it was God or if it was... Like um, a chemical Like a chemical brain. reaction. Like Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah and yeah. Uh, eventually... I had accumulated enough information to just be like, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, And so yeah. I started seeking advice. And yeah. that's where Shafin and um, all the amazing people from Everlife were like, have you tried just asking God if it's real? And mm. I was like, no. <laughs> no, I haven't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I took some time aside and I felt really stupid at the time and I felt just weird and anxious, but I was like, God, is this real? Like, is there anything here? Like, what's going on? And I didn't feel a thing. Um, there was nothing there when I did that. And so I just kind of left it there. I kind of put it all on pause and, um, 
Yeah, it was that weekend that there was a Encounter Night, the second one coming up. Oh, like another big... worship um thing. Yeah. Yeah. So the other another big like worship session basically, yeah. and so it had been about. 12 weeks that whole process then yeah, yeah wow that's thorough weeks. research yeah yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 it had been yeah i was definitely wasn't spending all my time yeah yeah, but, yeah 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 but i'd spent a lot of time um for sure doing some mm-hmm. research and things and yeah there was the next encounter night and so that's when i decided i was going to try and like commit to like actually worshiping and stuff that night mm. i was like i want to feel what i felt the first time again and try and like analyze it a bit yeah um but what ended up happening was the first song started and I fully encountered God for the first time. I went into this, um, started like singing the song and like enjoying it and then closed my eyes and said, God, like, if you're there, do something like Mm. show me like what all this is. And yeah, I lifted my hands and I just felt this instant, like, peace and relief and like no pressure my shoulders dropped um and i felt like at home and like at peace i guess is mm. the best way to describe it was just peaceful yeah yeah, yeah. and just quickly do you think yeah, people who don't who maybe not see eye to eye with what you're saying do you think mm. they're thinking oh you're reflecting back onto what you studied about what you looked at youtube um with the brain chemical the more objective scientific kind of thing like, did it link to that? Do you know what I mean? Do you um, felt like... So, you know, when you were looking at YouTube and doing your yeah. research and you were kind of looking at both sides, mm. one was the very... Um, the Christian kind of letting God take the steering wheel, all that kind of thing, and the other side is um, the science behind yeah. it and why it's false. When you kind of felt what you're feeling at Encounter, mm. was there any doubt in your mind where you're thinking, nah, this is false, this is what that YouTube movie that I watched about the brain and the chemical and all that kind of thing, or was it you were 100% certain that it was God? A lot of that uncertainty came afterwards. At yeah. the time, yeah. I was in the moment, yeah. and I was experiencing this new thing, and I was so focused on that. I yeah. wasn't focused on where it was coming from yeah. to an extent. Um, but yeah, so there were eight or so songs that night, I think eight, and I worshipped the entire time. Mm. I was just like, screaming, like, God, like, come and do something and, like, show me what this is all about. And by the end of the night, I had made the decision that, like, I want to follow this and follow God and find out where it leads. And so I was pretty certain by the end of the night that it was real. Right. I was like, this is real. This is something, like, and I want to follow it. I want to learn about it. Yeah. And so that's what I did. I started making those steps towards, um, yeah, following God. And when you were now... Um, actively wanting to follow God, was there resistance in any kind of way? Was it difficult? Was how how was the depression? Um, yeah, this is where things got interesting. Yeah, and things started to get a bit sticky in a sense. Yeah. But it all actually kind of strengthened um, that relationship I wanted to build with God. We'll get into that though. Um, yeah. How it started was the first problem I had was that I started feeling physically sick and like disturbed all physically when I was hanging around Brianna, um, the girl who had invited me to church in the first place. Right. Okay. And when I would hang out at her place with her, I would vomit and I would feel quite sick and I couldn't really hang out with her that much. Right. Like proper, like anxiety driven stuff. And I had no idea where it was coming from. But you felt very comfortable around her? 
Not anymore. Not anymore. It was all just, I just felt like sick and gross. And right. It, Did anything trigger it or? Not really. It was yeah. just whenever I would hang out with her and yeah. it would lead up to church things as well. Right. And so this was, now looking back on it, uh, at the time I had no idea what was going on because yeah. I was still figuring all this out. But that was the first form of like a spiritual attack. Right. Was well. this um, person and this environment had taken me to God into a good place and the enemy was like, no, like, mm. I don't want you around that stuff. I want you to go back to that old life. And so you're going to get physically sick. Yeah. Like, I'm going to put this physical sickness on you right? Um, when you're hanging around this person. Yeah. Because they're taking you to a good thing, which is church. And yeah. I don't want that. Right. And so that was the first kind of... Yeah. And did you feel fine during the week beforehand? Always fine. And Always then the fine. second... You didn't anything... eat any off chicken or anything? <laughs> <laughs> Every yeah. single week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. No, um, it was always, yeah, it was always, yeah. it wasn't always like vomiting. Yeah. It was yeah, always yeah, that sure. physical sickness and yeah. it was anxiety driven because right. I'd felt it before when I was at school. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And so I was getting this anxiety before hanging out with Brie or before going to church events. And it was like anxiety that was physically like sickening, mm. which is really powerful stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. And, um, so that was the first, I guess, roadblock. Yeah. And that took a few weeks to actually push through. I ended up having a lot of conversations with a lot of really wise people and they were the ones who kind of figured out where this was coming from and they led me towards prayer. And so that's when I decided to start praying on my own mm. and spending some like alone time praying to God and worshipping and trying these things out on my own. Right, not just relying on church on not the Sunday. Not just relying on the Sunday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that also brought other difficulties. This right. is where my porn addiction started. Right. This yep. is once I started spending that alone time, um, I, yeah, I developed a bit of a craving to watch and get into porn and to mm. masturbate. Yeah. Which is a very interesting topic as well, because yeah. I, throughout my entire life, had never bothered with porn. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that was that because you were just getting regular sex from people through the party atmosphere? Um, at first, yeah. Yeah. Um, when I was a bit younger and getting into my teens, yeah, yeah that was it. Yeah. As I was, I was getting into sex and things like that. And so I had my needs met, I guess, yeah. my physical needs yeah, met, yeah. met. And um, But once I moved up or down to Perth and oh, I didn't have access yeah. to that, Mm-hmm. Um, I still didn't need porn. It right. just, it never popped up. I never really thought about it. Yeah, um, yeah, when people yeah. mentioned it at school and stuff like that, I just like, oh yeah, that's a thing. Yeah. Um, but I never struggled with it. Yeah. Yeah. And it was only once I made the decision to follow God that porn became an issue. Mm, yeah. Um, right. Yeah. It became pretty severe as well. It started off with like maybe once a week. Yeah. I would just like get this urge. Yeah. And I'd decide to go and and watch some porn and masturbate. Yeah, yeah. What would trigger you? Do, can you identify anything? Um, Not exactly. It was never anything every time. It was yeah. always something different. Like, I could yeah. be doing anything. Yeah. And I'd just yeah. get an urge. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess whenever I had that time where mm. I was, like, alone and I was able to do it without any interruption or anything like that, yeah. Um, my mind would, like, know. It would be like, hey, you've got some time. Like, yeah. why yeah. don't you go do this? Yeah. And, um... Yeah, it became more regular yeah. to the point that it ended up being a every single night. Um, yeah, like right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> how how long was the, did that take to come to look at it once a week to mm. every night? How long was that journey? Do you oh, think? not that long. Yeah. Um, couple months. Right. Yeah, a couple months before I was just doing it every night, and um, 
not at all feeling convicted by it as well. Almost desensitized to it. Yeah, for sure. Um, I wasn't at all like thinking this was bad. I was just like, yeah, this is fine. Like, this is what you do, right? Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. And yeah, that's kind of all changed once we started speaking about porn and masturbation at church. Right. Because I was still attending church like normally, like yeah. pretending none of this was happening. Yeah. yeah. And so how would you, because I think that's a big thing is that lots of, especially when, um, when pe- uh, young adults who have grown up with Christian parents, there's this, mm. um, I think I've worked out, we've got this belief system where sometimes their parents have said, if you look at porn, then you're not a Christian. Mm. If you struggle with porn, you are, you know, not a Christian. And I think that's what's also really hard for Christian men and Christian girls to kind of step up and kind of own it because mm. they're afraid of that judgment and that perception. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so like when you were, when you were looking at porn, was there and, and going to church, did you feel like a hypocrite? Was there shame? Was there anything like that? Once the topic was brought up in church, yeah, 100%. Yeah, it started yeah. messing with me a lot. I started, right. like, I would masturbate the night before and then go to church. Yeah. And yeah. it was just, like, um, yeah, I'd feel gross in a mm. sense. Like, I'd feel like I shouldn't be there. I felt like I wasn't welcome. Yeah. Even yeah, though no yeah. one was saying that and no yeah. one knew. Yeah. So what what, um, what was the church's approach to uh, masturbation and porn? Um, that, of course, it's it's wrong. Um, that you shouldn't be idolizing these things and, um, how do I put this? That you shouldn't be, um, thinking about pleasuring yourself, um, at someone else's expense or when watching a video of someone that's, Mm. um, about as bad as, um, how do I put this? About... Oh. It's a tricky, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, a tricky yeah, question yeah. to answer. No, yeah. I get what you mean, but like, um, yeah, go, go. Just like uh, how the church's the church approach with it was it um was it productive? Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. At first, it was just completely convicting because I wasn't listening to the message. I was just all I was getting is that it's wrong. I was like, it's bad. Yeah. Um, and so it's kind of like, it's kind of like when, you know, when someone's telling you off about something mm. and then you stop listening, you stop attaining information because it hurts. Yeah. And then you miss out on everything else that they say mm. because of the initial kind of things hurt. And when a lot of times we're where, when someone's looking out for you or when your parents are kind of telling you something, you switch off after mm. they've said clean the room, but you don't understand why they're saying it and their attention behind it because mm. you've switched off because exactly. of your own kind of... Mm. what is it self-reflection i don't know you know what i mean so is that is that what it was like for you yeah for sure um and it all changed once i started listening to the conversation and i started actually having conversations rather Mm. than just um being talked at i was taking in the information Mm. and um i started realizing that the view wasn't porn bad it was this is something that people struggle with and that's okay what matters is that we're working to overcome it. Yeah. Like not yeah. just alone as well together. Yeah. yeah. So you're making those steps to overcome it and it's yeah. okay. It's natural. People go through it. Hmm. Um, but what are we going to do about what it? What are we going to do about it? Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And so what did you do about it? I tried to stop in like a worldly sense. I started just saying, no, I'm not going to do it. Um, I'm just going to fix this all on my own. Yeah. Relying um, on willpower of the brain. and Yeah. yeah and yeah. so maybe it would be like 
like one or two, maybe three days where I wouldn't do it before yeah. I came in. And then you would celebrate with one. <laughs> so we shouldn't be laughing, but no, yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I was the same. Well, I've been this long for it. So yeah. Yep. 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 Um, but then, so what happened then? Like, how did you better it? Um, well, I didn't for a long time. Yep. Um, there was a solid, like probably eight or so months where I didn't, um, I just kind of would go on little streaks of maybe a week. Like, I'm mm, like, oh, I did yeah. a whole week. And then go again. <laughs> yeah, then, yeah. Like yeah. three days of messing it up. And then like, yeah, uh, yeah. It was just this cycle of like letting myself down over Absolutely. and over again. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it was only towards the end of last year where I had been growing my faith, growing my wisdom. And I started to realize that this isn't something you just do on your own. This isn't something you just fix like mm. overnight. You can't just like, oh, I guess you can just make a decision to stop but it's not that easy. Yeah, definitely. Like, this is something yeah. that you have to go on a journey with yourself, with other people, and with God. Yeah. Like, this is a a multi-step journey yeah. that you have to commit to. And I realized I need to talk about it. Yeah. And so I got in touch with people um, that I knew would be non-judgmental about it and that mm. I knew I could trust, and I spoke to them about it. How was that? How how were you building up to, like, when you're about to tell them about the conversation? Like, were you quite nervous? Were you... Well, we had talks about, like, addictions and things like that, and yeah. I would lead the conversation in that direction towards yeah. addictions and mm. towards things that were hard to get over and hard to move on yeah. from. And you would just hope that they'd be like, yeah, I had a heroin addiction. And you'd be like, <laughs> oh, why am born? So it's not as bad. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I would... Um, there were a few times, because I spoke to three different people. Yeah. Um, who will remain unnamed. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. And um, there were... On two of the occasions, they opened up first. Yeah. And then it made it so much easier for me to open up about it. Right. Um, but the yeah. last person I spoke to, I made an effort to say... Um, once we'd had our big conversation, I said, hey, I am really struggling with this. What are your views? And to my surprise, even though I don't know what I expected, but they were just like, like, I can help you. Let's, uh, let's figure something out. Let's yeah. work something out. Let's yeah. work as a team here. Like I have struggled with that before. Yeah. And yeah. because people and God helped me, I got out of that. So let me help you now. Yeah. Cool. And cool. yeah, that was a huge uh, yeah. confidence booster. Yeah. It went from... I'm stuck in this mess too. This is something I can fix. This is something yeah, I can get out of. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, when, um, when you're driving on the highway and you see a car that is off the side of the road and it's just chilling there. And when you drive past, it's like, Oh, should I stop for them? No, I'm going 80 case an hour. So I'm going to keep driving. <laughs> you know what I mean? But <laughs> yeah, then, yeah. and, but you wonder like, Oh, do they need help? Do they need this? They kind of second get you. You kind of second guess yourself as a driver. Mm. But then you imagine if you're driving past and you see someone um, behind the car pushing the car and the car's in neutral and the driver, like they're out of gas and they're pushing their car, hand pushing it behind the car to the nearest fuel station. Naturally, you quickly pull over and you get behind them and you Mm. want to push the car with them as well because they are seeking help. They are needing help. And for anyone pulling over, any decent human... Would you know what I mean? Mm. And so I think that's a big, big, um, a powerful thing that you're saying is how, when you kind of put yourself down and you're like, I'm struggling with this, I need help. Mm. I you don't I can't imagine many people that would be like, whoa, you're weird, you have a porn <laughs> addiction, we're not talking anymore. That 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 reaction is actually it's so foreign, mm. but we think that 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 will be it. Mm. Do you know what I mean? But when we kind of say I'm struggling with this, people are like. 
how can I help? Yeah, Let's do it. Right. Or or they feel more compelled to then they say, man, same. Like exactly what happened to you, you know? So then what happened there? Well, um, actually on what you were just saying, mm. there's also such a contrast in how the world views porn compared to how um, us as Christians view porn mm. as well. Yep. Um, yep. We do view it as this thing that we need to overcome, whereas not the entire world, but a lot of... Um, I guess cultures in the world actually celebrate it. Yeah. They they treat it as something that's good for you. Like mm. I've seen so many things that pop up on like my Facebook that's yeah. like masturbate this many times to like relieve stress. Yeah. And it's like Yeah, yeah. Or that porn is art and things yeah. like that. Yeah, definitely. And definitely. um well, I agree that every single person who indulges in porn is still a human being and is mm. still worthy of respect and love and kindness. That doesn't mean I support the actual act of porn. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And yeah. Um, so yeah, I think the world does have a very um, backwards look on porn. They think it's a yeah. good thing sometimes. Yeah, and yeah. Um, yeah. So I can see another. That's another reason why people yeah. can get stuck in that because I don't think it's wrong. Yeah, I don't think it's bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and and this is the tricky part because of all my content that I'm producing with um mm. porn. The last thing I kind of want people to feel is um, guilty or exactly, shame yeah. or condemned or regardless if they're Christian or non-Christian, whatever. Mm. Um, but that's that becomes what also objectively, regardless of your religious beliefs, mm. um, porn does encourage and um, su- dare I say support financially lots of very messed up kind of things yeah. whether it be child pornography rape um mm. and with uh, mistreatment of girls and guys and mm. things like that so it's a very and the last thing i want to do is say this fact and then for people who are who are struggling to then mm. feel guilty or condemned because they're looking at it yeah but that's also the reality of it mm. you know what i mean and that's why i'm wanting to actually have these conversations is to talk about it is to bring it up is to not sugarcoat it yeah not to sugarcoat the actual fact about it because it's like if you tell me oh coke uh, i was about to say cocaine but we'll, <laughs> we'll go coca-cola coca-cola is really good for me um and i'm gonna keep drinking it and mm. i'll drink five to ten a day and because it's uh, i think it's good for me mm. me i would be a bad friend if i encouraged that do you know what I mean? If I say, yeah. yeah, yeah, you do it because if you feel like it's art, if you feel like it's an expression, if you feel like it's this, then I'm going to let you drink it because you do you and you self-express you, you mm. know? But I'm actually doing... I'm not actually being a very good friend to you because I'm actually hurting you and you might end up hurting yourself and then also people around you. Mm. And, and it's a real... It's a real tricky thing because we have to, instead of you know, condemning or feeling shame and guilty, but we have to have these conversations, but then we have to build each up on it. Do you know what I mean? So when we fall, when we look at porn, we don't beat ourselves up. We don't, I don't be like, oh, you bad person. You just encourage this and this and this. No, it's not like that. Mm. But we do need to then, I think the world as well needs to have a a different switch to the mindset. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. No, yeah. it totally does. And I actually think that slowly but surely we're making uh, progress towards that the same yeah. way that they did with cigarettes. Yeah. Because um, yep. go back however many years ago, yep. cigarettes were encouraged. Cigarettes yeah. were like, this is cool, smoking is great, smoking's good for you, some doctors mm. used to say. Mm. Um, and as the world slowly found out the effects it was having on people mm. and on how they were made and things like that, it mm. slowly became 
um, looked down on. Yeah. And then they progressed from the looking down on stage to people need help and people need support. Yeah. So they, there's different like levels. And I think porn is actually making the rounds. I think it's gone from this thing that's, everyone's like, yeah, go to porn to people are starting to post things on Facebook about how bad it is and how this and that. And it's in a very condemning stage. Yeah. Um, But I think with the right intention, we can take Mm. that condemnation and turn it into support. Yeah. um, Yeah. I think we're making bounds towards that slowly. Yeah. But I think it's going down the same routes because now there's nothing but ads about how you can find help for cigarettes and find help for to quit smoking and this and that. Um, I don't think it's going to be that long before that becomes the reality of porn. Yeah. um, Before becomes cool. a if you need help with porn go here and do this yeah um, yeah 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 and it's also it's also interesting we won't touch on this for too long because yeah, go, this, go. this 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 gets very <laughs> controversial but now what they're also what things um cinema cinematographers are doing in um barcelona and in different areas in europe mm-hmm. they're doing this thing called ethical porn yeah um right. so <laughs> it's like so everyone is paid equally and um the the um headline like the what the 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 video is cold or whatever mm. is not in a condemning kind of way as if it was Pornhub or mm. X videos you know it can be very geography and things like that right yeah and the videos are from the perspective of the female which is kind of a bit more um like it's like scenes are longer and it's like a longer kind of if I'm, if I'm, I'm just going to go into it in the technical, like longer with the foreplay and everything like that, a lot slower, not as rushed and not as um, unrealistic. Right. So that's what's bringing up a whole different kind of wave. Do you know what I mean? Because uh, yeah. cause the approach is now they're wanting to change the look on porn and make it more, I guess, realistic and less geography, mm. if that makes sense. But I still feel like looking and consuming it still has the same effects on the brain and um, yeah. as it does with your relationship. Same, I get, I hate to use the word consequences, but I don't know what else to use. You yeah. know what I mean? How you have relationships with people and things like that. Mm. And so I wonder, I th- it can almost be like um, vaping. You know I what was I mean? literally going to bring you, up vaping. vaping? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, it's kind of like the, the healthier, happier... Oh, man. But I can just... I can see it. People who are listening to this, and th- this might be triggering to them. This, yeah. this might make them angry, and I apologise. But this does need to be talked about. You yeah. know what I mean? And um, it's just interesting how... I really like what you said, how it goes through different phases. You know what I mean? And how... It is... It's unpredictable, man. I don't really know what's going to happen, but yeah. um, at least at least we're talking about it, yeah. and at least it's getting out there. And so then for you, um, how did you... Um, like, how free are you from it now? Are you free from it? Are you still struggling with it? Um, I still struggle. Yeah. I, so I've been living with two Christian guys from my church for yeah. the last few months, since March. It's mm-hmm. now... What is it? August? August. It's now yeah. the end of August, nearly August. September. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> And um, I have not looked at porn or masturbated since March, since I moved into the house, which awesome. is incredible for me. Yeah. Um, that's Ma- March, huge. March, April, May, June, July, August. Six months. Yeah, Damn, six months. <laughs> man. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. yeah. And um, wow. it's been a journey. It's very difficult at times. Yeah. Very difficult. There are definitely times where I'm alone at the house mm. and it gets, like, it gets hectic. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, I'm like... 
man, I really like feel like I need to. And yep. I feel like I don't have a choice almost. Yep. Yep. Um, How do you fight? Yeah. So I have several ways that I fight. Cool. Cool. Tell <laughs> when me. it's, uh, when it's one of the weeks that I'm feeling really good about how I'm going for my walk with God. And cause that's always an up and down thing. Like yep. I try to keep it as consistent as possible, but a journey with God is so rocky. Like it's all yeah. over the place. Yeah, um, definitely. Whenever I'm in my best points with God, it is so much easier to just indulge in some prayer or some worship, mm-hmm. um, to just lean into God entirely, mm-hmm. read my Bible, just do something to take my mind off of it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, that also enriches my spirit at the same time. Yep. Um, but there are also times where I don't always feel that um, inclined to jump straight to God um, as much as I feel like I should. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's just not always how you're feeling at the time. Sometimes yeah. you're feeling really down and the last person you want to talk to is the best person for you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I have a lot of practical things that I use to take my mind off of it. Lately, my favorite thing to do to do has been uh, listening to audiobooks. Right, um, okay. Yeah, yeah, so lately I've been going through the Harry Potters. <laughs> Harry Potter, good fun. Yeah, so that's good a long fun. audiobook. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, like nine hours per book. Yeah, um, yeah. wow. Um, yeah, yeah. And so I'll just like chuck on like a video game and yeah. have the audiobook in the background and just like take my mind off things and just... Right, um, yeah. Yeah, which is a really good escape. This is the first time I think I've been able to say that I have like a positive escape mm. because there's a lot of times that you use... Um, things like this to escape from reality and to escape from positive things. But I've actually, yeah, found a way to twist it to actually escape from negative thought patterns and negative thoughts. Cool, cool. And yeah, yeah, things like that. So whether it's reading or listening to books or getting out and doing something, I like to Mm. contact people sometimes. Like sometimes I'll be like, hey, can we hang out? I don't even have to mention that I'm trying to escape a feeling to watch porn or anything like that. I just go and hang out with someone and it takes my mind off of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also have an incredible support network. Yeah. My two housemates, Jordan and Dan, are incredible. I can talk to them about yeah. anything. Yeah, And cool. um, I'm so blessed to have people that I trust like that. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, that's definitely how I cope with it. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. Six months, man, that's awesome. And like... um. What what do you find triggers you? Like anything in particular? Is it say for me? I normally get triggered late at night when most mm, people are asleep. What's late kind late. of your yours as well? Yeah, um, yeah. There's no like particular like things mm. that trigger me. Yeah, um, it is definitely time based. Yeah, like um, late at night, I can definitely feel more of an urge, especially when I have the opportunity. Like, mm. when the opportunity's in front of me, like, I'm home alone mm. or um, or it's late at night and everyone's asleep. That's when my mind, and I guess in terms of Christianity, that's when the enemy comes in mm. and says, everything's quiet, everything's, like, you're alone, you can go and do this and no one's going to know. No one's yeah. going to know anything. Yeah. Um, and that's where it gets very difficult, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, those are definitely the things that trigger me is time and... Um, situation. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like, and as we're kind of closing in on this this podcast, like, what do you find? Um, like, if you contrast your like, do you still have kind of like um any kind of episodes where you kind of want to kind of seep back into depression or anything like that? That kind of um for sure. Yeah, yeah. I've had incidents over the last year or so where I've wanted to walk away from church entirely. I've wanted to walk away yeah. from God entirely. And I know that would lead me straight back into those old ways of anxiety mm. and depression. Um, because a lot of my strength has come from the church. Um, I still own that strength and I still have that strength, but it's, it's where I found it was mm. in the church. And, um, 
yeah, going through certain road bumps and things like that, I have wanted to completely go back yeah. to um, not necessarily drinking and drugs and all mm. that stuff, but to um, doing nothing and being at home and yeah. just like living in that depressive state. Yeah, going back to what your to your comfort kind of zone almost. Yeah, well, yeah. like the unhealthy comfort zone. Yeah, yep, yep. Because, yeah, I think it's super important to have a healthy comfort zone. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, but yeah. that was definitely the unhealthy comfort zone. Yeah, yeah. And what? why didn't you go down that way? What intervened? Um, Support. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I have, like I said before, an incredible support network. Yeah, Um, yeah. And just prayer and worship, Um, again, from, like, a Christian yeah. context. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, no, do it. Helps me like incredibly yeah the fact that i can just whenever i feel like it i can just pick up a guitar mm. strum like a moron and <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> come on yeah yeah and just like sing and praise and have a conversation with god um in yeah. my car constantly i'm always worshiping and yeah. singing and having a good time with yeah. god and isn't just... that the worst when you kind of he kind of comes in and he's there with you and you like almost start crying but you're on the highway and you're like <laughs> oh my gosh god not right now <laughs> please god <laughs> don't touch me right now <laughs> but yeah yeah um, also in a practice practical sense for those who are not um, Christian, mm. yeah, find someone to speak to. Um, yeah, yeah, because yeah. that's the the best thing that worked for me was talking to people. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Realizing that nine times out of ten, the person's not going to judge you. Yeah, especially not verbally. They will, yeah. without a doubt, say like, "Hey, I've struggled with that too," or maybe ask questions or just kind of engage in conversation. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool, cool. So surround yourself with accountability. Mm. Um, anything else? Um. <laughs> we pretty much we've done well, man. We've done like an hour and ten minutes almost. <laughs> it's, it's been um, a big, yeah, uh, it's big been chat. Good. It's been good. Um, but man, so just before we finish up, tell me what your plan is going forward. What's your kind of kind of way to finish off this year? Anything like spiritually that you're really wanting to work on, or just what's going on in that forefront for the future? Well, yeah. Um, I feel like now that I'm at a solid point, like I have a foundation of that faith and that. Um, trust that mm. I can now um, be that for, for other people. Yeah. Um, I yeah I would love to engage in more conversation about things like porn and things like addiction mm. because these are conversations that need to be had. Yeah. And um, yeah, I guess the next how many months before we go into 2021, mm. I would just love to strengthen that knowledge and that wisdom around those subjects so that yeah. I can be a rock for someone, so that I can be that person someone can talk to. Um, because I've been through these things before and I'm still yeah. struggling with it. It's, yeah. an, it's an endless struggle. Like, yeah. You never finish this. Yeah. yeah. Um, we only just get better at, at pushing back yeah, and at, like, I guess, standing strong. Yeah, that was like a picture. I'm making a video now, currently editing, about about how to fight porn. But mm. one of the biggest things is that, like, especially right now, we are both in the trenches. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it is like a war zone. It is like, it's raining. There's mud everywhere. It's hectic. At times we feel very weak, vulnerable and scared. Mm. But we look around and we see other strong soldiers mm. who also sometimes have moments of weak and vulnerability times. Yeah. But being able to come together in that and build each other up, not not um, yell out things to diminish one another's character or anything like that, to build each other up, mm. that's the way. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And um, that's the thing, is six months or six days, regardless, we're both still in the trench. It only takes yeah. one bad day. Yeah, like, yeah, um, yeah. And so just being there for each other, whether that person is only on a six-day streak or whether yeah. that person is on a six-month streak, yeah, you should be showing them full support no matter yeah. what. Because, yeah, there's no 
um, like sure, it gets easier, mm. but it never stops. Yeah. And so it's that constant battle and that constant um, support network that we need to create as much as maintain for each other. Yeah. Because it doesn't matter how long it's been. Like, yeah. Yeah. It needs the, it needs the, we need, need a fight. We need to support each other. Yeah. We need to absolutely. Fight and like come together as one body of Christ. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Done. Done deal. Man, thank you so much for coming <laughs> on, man. We were a bit nervous at the beginning, but that was fun, hey? That was good fun. That, that was, was good. Awesome. That was yeah. good. Guys, I also say thank you very much for watching and uh, listening to the Happiness Podcast. Um, <laughs> I'll put potentially Jared's info on the podcast. We'll see what we've got. Yeah. See what we've got. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and guys, please be in contact if you have more questions and more things to kind of go over. There's so much to this topic. And once again, we're only... Um, uh, scraping the surface but we mm. want to go deeper and we're wanting to talk more and to just get all these different ideas of how to fight and the biggest thing is is that you're not alone and um, even two pit guys who are talking in front of each other with a microphone we're <laughs> in it as well so guys thanks for listening you've been listening to the Happiness Podcast I've been your host Daniel Casadio guest Jared we'll see you guys soon ciao Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. At the end of the day, we've all got different views on how we see the world. And if you have any questions or want to challenge more of my thinking, you can get in contact with me on Instagram at Dan Casadio. Thank you again for giving me your attention for this bit of time. I genuinely appreciate it and I'm very, very grateful. I hope you win this week. You've got this. God bless. Ciao.